The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey there, and welcome to Slate's Trump Care Tracker, the show where we talk about the Republican Party's never-ending quest to try and pass some sort of health care legislation. I am Jordan Weissman, Slate's economics correspondent. And I'm Jim Newell, Slate's Capitol Hill reporter. And last episode, we thought the bill looked pretty dead, but maybe we were a little premature. It looks like the Republicans are making one last mad dash to vote on something, anything. We're not quite sure what, but they are going to try and bring some sort of legislation to the floor of the Senate. Jim, you're actually there in the middle of this legislative just clusterfuck that's taking place on Capitol Hill. Where, where are we with this? Does anybody know? Uh, no, not not really even the leaders or the senators themselves and, and certainly not the reporters. Um, the bill was, by Mitch McConnell's own admission, dead. He said Monday night there are not the votes to repeal and replace Obamacare right now. And he said that again on Tuesday. So then they looked, you know, at doing just repeal only. Votes weren't there for that either. So then they had this meeting with Trump and Trump was like, get it done. Just figure out what you have to do. And so now they're looking at repeal and replace again. And they actually haven't abandoned repeal only yet either. The last couple of days on Capitol Hill have been very strange because they're still intent on voting next week. So they'll vote to proceed to open debate, to open amendment. But no one knows which underlying bill they're really targeting as the main bill that they're going to go through with. You ask a senator, what's the plan right now? And they're like, I have no idea. You know, this is a little bit strategic on McConnell's part. He's trying to bring the conservatives on board like Mike Lee or uh, Jerry Moran or even Ted Cruz a little bit and Rand Paul saying, we'll give you a vote on repeal only. That gets them to vote for the motion to proceed. And then they're still trying to work over the moderates on the repeal and replace legislation. And, you know, hopefully that they can throw some money at them and then they can vote to the motion to proceed and then they can sort of figure it out in the moment. So it, it definitely has a pulse. Motion to proceed, the repeal only, the repeal and replace. None of them have the votes right now, but they're still working it, which I think should give anyone pause who's saying, well, it's over. And, you know, we can sort of look back and reminisce about this failed journey. I feel like we've sort of entered this stage of like quantum legislating. It's like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. You can know like how much momentum the bill has, sort of, or you can know what's in it, but you can't know both. We have no idea what they are actually trying to pass, but we know that they are making progress maybe towards trying to pass something. And once you actually have some sort of legislative text, all of a sudden nobody knows if anyone supports it. <laughs> I mean, who knows what could happen in the next few days? People may recall there was this bill that... uh Senator Graham and Bill Cassidy were working on. No one is fully sure what it is yet. I think it's just throwing a lot of money to the states, but it's not done yet. And they've been working with uh, ex-senator and former presidential candidate Rick Santorum on it. And so I was on the Hill the other day. I go into the elevator and Rick Santorum comes in. I'm like, hey, Rick Santorum, what's up? <laughs> and he says, oh, we're still working. We're still working. I was like, is it going to be ready in time for the voterama, i.e. the open amendment process they're hoping to have next week? And he says, yes. So I think they're talking about throwing their proposal into the Voterama as well. So you might have three plans that people are considering. And there's a plan that no one has seen also. I mean, it's really sort of if there's a Voterama, it's going to be, I mean, an unbelievable spectacle. A Voterama, just for people who, who've never 
had the pleasure of even having to think about <laughs> such a thing. It's just like you bring legislation to the floor and then you just have essentially an unending stream of amendments. It's open season. You can just propose whatever the heck you want. And usually this becomes an opportunity for the opposition party to just throw poison pills at the legislation and make the Republicans, whoever controls Congress, take embarrassing votes. But in this case, they would actually be trying to reshape the entire American healthcare system through sort of free form, open floor process. It's sort of like they're a bunch of like jazz musicians or something. And they're just like, yeah, fuck it. We're just going to improv this whole album. Like, except for the album is American healthcare. It's amazing to me that that is actually now what they're thinking. And I guess the only possible logic is maybe this is what will get them enough momentum to at least get to, if they pass something through this, this will get them to the conference committee and then the House and the Senate can collaborate on something semi-sane, maybe? I mean, it's possible. I don't I don't think that they want to waste any more time with a conference committee. I mean, the goal right now is just to get this to the next step. That's what Mitch McConnell, after the White House meeting the other day, was saying, get on the bill, get on the bill, get on the bill, meaning, you know, start to open the debate on this bill. And so you have a lot of senators who are frustrated because senators don't like to vote to proceed unless they know what the underlying legislation is. They don't want to even start something if they know that they're going to have to expose themselves to many tough votes and then probably not even like the final product. So it was really funny on the Hill yesterday because the majority whip, John Cornyn, came out of the Senate. A bunch of us were asking him questions like, which bill, which is the bill that you're working on right now? He's like, up in the air. And then someone asked him, but don't senators want to know what they're voting on before they proceed? And he said, that's a luxury we don't have. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, this seems obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. I can't overemphasize what a bad way to make health policy this is. And we're already starting to see as analyses of, of these various bills come in, just how many sloppy problems and mistakes there are in what they are creating. One issue that came up yesterday, the CBO released a analysis of sort of the last draft bill. It didn't include the Cruz Amendment. So it was like uh, an analysis of some version of of the BCRA. But what they, they noticed was that under the structure the Republicans have put in place, the benchmark health care plans, the ones that the subsidies would be designed to help people purchase and afford, would probably have uh, deductibles of $13,000, which, I mean, that's enormous. That's going to be more than a lot of people make in a year. Uh, someone at 75% of the poverty line, I think, makes like $11,000 in a year. And this is the health plan. They but would such be, low premiums. But such low premiums, right? <laughs> so these, this would be useless health care. I mean, that's like the first observation. Right. But there's a punchline at the end of this, which is that as the bill is written, it would actually ban health insurance with deductibles that high, right? It's It actually caps your out-of-pocket costs lower than $13,000. The bill bans its own benchmark plans. So, I mean, that's just like an obvious error. And like some people think maybe you can legislate around that or you might be able to regulate around that. Excuse Put some me. duct tape on it, yeah. legislative duct tape somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there's, someone's got crazy glue like back in, in their Senate chamber, I'm sure. But these are the kinds of mistakes that are coming out and- there's going to be more of that, absolutely, when you try to remake something as complicated as healthcare on the fly, just in a voterama. This is not how anyone, any sane person would try to, to deal with this issue. And yet, here right. we are. They're, they had HHS through, I guess, it's been reported that, the, you know, the actual group that, that scored the Cruz Amendment through HHS was McKinsey, the consulting firm. Yeah. There were a lot of, you know, very sloppy uh, assumptions in that scoring. And I mean, it's pretty clear what they were trying to do. 
They yeah. knew that CBO, the way they score things at CBO, they would stomp all over the Cruise Amendment saying it would skyrocket premiums for people uh, with pre-existing conditions. So they didn't want that to happen. So they had Donald Trump's HHS score this instead. The original excuse was, well, CBO probably can't score the Cruise Amendment in time, so we have to get someone else to do it. But I, I think CBO probably could score it in time. It probably could. I, I mean, th- to give you a Seeing sense. Seeing how long this is going on. Absolutely. And also, that's not a good excuse. You know, if they can't score it in time, well, you have to then delay the vote a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give people a sense of how absurd this document was, when you're trying to figure out how many people are going to buy insurance based on changes in, in subsidies, for instance, you talk about the elasticity. The elasticity is the number that tells you if premiums go up by X amount, um, this many people will stop buying insurance, right? That's that's basically it. That number, the elasticity is like the key thing. You have to know it. And so this report said, oh, the elasticities we used are proprietary. You can't know what number we used to get all of these <laughs> results, which is sort of like saying like, yeah, the active ingredient in our cancer medication is proprietary. You can't know what what it is you're taking. Sorry. Like that's that's the level on which you're operating at this point. So, yeah. You know, they were trying to to use this HHS score in two ways. They're trying to one, you know, not scare off the moderates by having a somewhat favorable scoring of it. And they were also trying to show Mike Lee, who's the senator who we talked about in the last episode, is the one worried about the single risk pool provision remaining in this Cruz Amendment to show Mike Lee that this could actually work. And it doesn't seem to have gotten Mike Lee on board. He no. was talking today that he is still really against it and he still wants to you know, eliminate that reg- regulation and segment the risk pools. So I don't know if it really achieved, you know, what what it was trying to do. No. And the thing about Mike Lee is he's not a dumb man. He's an ideologue. I disagree with him on, I would say, probably 99 percent of subjects. But he's not stupid. Nobody thinks that about Mike Lee. And so right. it's it's just like, really, this was this was your play. This was what you were. Gonna, this was your. It's yeah, kind of like when they were trying to convince the governors, like the same thing. They were going to tell them, "Oh, you have all these wonderful options to innovate past these massive Medicaid cuts," and they're sitting there saying, "Really?" I think you know, from the top down, I still think they're thinking in the realm of, "Well, we just have to, you know, what these people are looking for is cover." Yeah, so we have to provide them a fig leaf, you know, so they can use this as an excuse to support the bill. But they're not looking for cover. Like these senators want to make sure that this works because they're going to live with this for a very long time. That's actually a really good point. And I feel like that is actually a big change from the early steps of this process, especially in the House, where it was very clear House members were looking for cover. And part of that might just be because, Jim, part of my impression is like House members just don't have like the kind of staff and expertise on hand to even really know what's going on. And so they're just looking for something that they can kind of hide under politically without thinking too hard well, about. Whereas senators yeah, actually and, and care I mean, about and, this stuff, it seems like. Yeah, I think so. And But it's also, uh, you know, the phase in the process. House members were told, don't worry, you'll pass this. This won't be the bill that becomes law. The senators will change it and then may come back in a conference committee or will, you know, take up their bill. So they, you could the cover sort of worked for them a little bit in that, you know, let's just get it out of our chamber. We can say we upheld our part of the deal. But, you know, the Senate bill, this is the real deal. I, I think, you know, the idea has been to pass this bill and then get it sent straight to the House for a vote right afterwards. So I, I think there's a little bit more detail from some of these senators, you know, to try and get the policy at least somewhat sound. It just doesn't work well to throw, you know, a random pot of money at them and then hope that they take the cover and declare victory. It's just not going to work that easily on them. At least it hasn't up till now. Who knows? Votorama, everything could change. <laughs> I mean, that's like, and, and that's the charm of this process, really. So with that said, 
I want to make a somewhat sad announcement. The Trump Care Tracker is going to be no more after today. We have discovered that trying to do a three times a week podcast about a bill that keeps dying and coming back to life and has no predetermined endpoint is actually really logistically hard. And so in the future, when action is getting really crazy on this legislation and it looks like big things are happening, we're going to appear on Slate's Trumpcast, which is an awesome show that I'm sure many of you are already listening to. Like the phoenix, we will rise again from our ashes. Like this bill. Like poorly written healthcare policy, we will never die. Exactly. But for old time's sake, we're going to come back to our favorite segment, Is This Shit Really Happening? Where Jim and I will say whether or not we think Trump care will become law and what we are willing to bet on it. Jim, you go first. I am going to bet, and I'm totally jinxing it here, this last episode, I'm going to bet that it doesn't happen. I just, at this moment, do not see the path. And I will bet my friendship with Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Something of medium value to me. If this passes, Jim and I will never speak to each other ever again. Okay, so I also think it's not going to happen still, even though really nobody knows anything at this point. I'm going to make a real bet this time. If it does pass, I will wear a handlebar mustache for two weeks and daily tweet a photo of my handlebar mustache. Well, now I feel like I made a cop out. Jim, are you also going to try and bet a handlebar mustache? I can't do that, Jordan. I can't do a handlebar mustache. I could let my uh, beard grow for the rest of the summer in the sweltering D.C. heat. You know what? You're going to grow shoulder length hair. That's your bet. Okay. You're growing out your hair to shoulder length. We have our bets. That brings to conclusion the saga of the Trump Care Tracker. Unfortunately, not the bill itself. The producer on the show has been the wonderful and tolerant June Thomas. I'm Jordan Weissman. And Jim, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank everyone who listened. I really appreciate everyone listening, everyone who reviewed it. You can still review it. Yeah. You know, if you want to relive every great frantic moment of the march towards Trump care, you can just go back and listen to old episodes. I mean, you know, it'll be like a cult classic. It'll be like a Twin Peaks or something. Yeah. Like limited run. But, you know, maybe it'll come back in 20 years. You'll listen to S-Town over and over again and us. All right. Later, everyone. Bye.